Hello and welcome to another edition of Video Games to the Max. I'm your host, Sean Grammer, here with me as always, Mr. Mark Morrison. Howdy. And well, we have quite a few things to talk about, including a big recently released game that Mark is uh, reviewing, Mario Rabbids Sparks of Hope. We're going to get to that right after this. You are listening to Video Games to the Max. Well, and just so we can go ahead and get this out of the way, if this is your first time watching and listening, or this is your hundredth time, we always appreciate you. Uh, you can, of course, watch us live when we do the show on our W10 Network on Twitch. On Mark's, uh, you can follow him on Twitter at HumanityPlague. On my Twitter as well, at W10Sean, at W10Network on Twitter is where we're all at here. And then you can also go to the Two Network Facebook page and watch uh, there or just see things on demand there. And, of course, you can always watch afterwards on the Two Network YouTube channel, which if you subscribe, ring that bell, hit the button, you also get um, all of our other stuff that we do, which includes uh, Talk to Keiki, the anime uh, show. They basically stay up to date on all the anime that you can think of between My Hero that's just hit season six to um, all the little, you know, the smaller ones in between. They really like covering their anime there on top of the Kiki. And of course you get um, Mark doing uh, Mark Radlich doing his uh, movie reviews and the metal music reviews. And they just did black Adam. So if you've been curious about the movie and want to hear somebody's thoughts, uh, Mark Radlich and crew have their thoughts out there. On the YouTube channel, and of course, if you subscribe on podcasts, mm-hmm. which this show comes out on podcasts, I, I try to be as quick as possible. But sometimes, like right now, we've got I got a lot going on, helping my girlfriend move and everything, so I haven't been able to be as quick as I'd like with you know getting it out there. So sometimes it's a day later than the video version, but it does uh, get out there, and you can listen to us wherever it is that there are podcasts. That's Apple, uh, Google, Spotify, Amazon, all that. Anywhere you like to listen to podcasts, we are there. So usually we start with the news, but since we normally don't get to have this kind of like game comes out and in a few days we get to talk about it and it's a recent release game, that's one of those times where I'm going to break the rule and let's go ahead and start with you have been playing Mario Rabbids. Uh, yep. Sparks of Hope, uh, code coming from Ubisoft. So and, and a good code because it, it's a gold edition. <laughs> hey, I mean that's that's what's nice. I will say is uh, I got, same thing happened. To, you know, FIFA we got the ultimate edition, and uh, they're pretty good about when they send the review code. They actually let you experience the game of what it could be if you bought the the best edition. So I yeah, always I appreciate look, that. I look forward to getting the WoW Dragonflight ultimate edition in a few weeks or days yeah. how it's coming out yeah, it, yeah right, I'm, a few I'm days a sick. Uh, well uh what do you i mean what are your thoughts so far i mean did you play the first one barely i played it for like 15 minutes i really didn't like it i like this one <laughs> um, i'm actually about halfway through i, I think 
because I read up to this four worlds and I'm already on the third one. Oh, that's um, good. All right. This is kind of, I'm kind of going through this. Uh, yeah. Although the third world is kind of annoying because it has a bunch of enemies that pain in the asses. So, yeah, it's a three by three, or a, uh, it's basically a strategy game. We have three units and, yeah, it's like XCOM, but now it's like better. Because I know that one of the first, the criticism of the first game was you couldn't, you always had to have a team of one rabbit in it. Right. Like always. And it was done with like a point system. Like you had to have there so many, you had to, you couldn't bypass a certain number of points with the accumulated three team members. Yeah. Uh, it was very restrictive. Yeah. This is completely open. If you want to have a team of all Mario guys, you can, or all rabbits. So my primary team is uh, Mario Rabbit Peach because she's the only one with a heel. And I just unlocked Bowser, and he seems pretty fun. But they introduced a new rabbit character called Edge, who looks like the goth chick, or like the goth one. And she has like a boomerang sword, which is kind of useful. So I've been using like those three pretty well, pretty much, through most of the game. Mario, uh, Mario is like devastating in this game because like there's an Overwatch ability that almost all characters have, and his, uh, you can use it twice in a row, and if you kill an enemy with it, it recharges. Yeah. So I destroy everyone with the dorm. I, I have been. So yeah, I mean, what do you want to know? Or yeah, yeah. I mean, I like the first game, but like you, I I kind of grew a bit tired of the like forcing you to have a certain team. And then uh, another thing that was kind of annoying for me is like, I like that world that you're sort of traveling in, but you don't really get to see a lot of it or you're very restricted so, in the movement that you can have. So, so yeah, how is this, that overworld now? Yeah, this actually has an over, like every planet is basically an overworld and there are stuff to find. There's a bunch of side quests for you to do, which are mainly to side, like you know beat three Goombas in this on this map or three, beat three Babams. The only weird thing is you can't jump, and it feels weird to play a Mario game that looks like you know Mario Galaxy or you know like Mario right, yeah. or Mario Odyssey, but you can't jump at all. There are like red coin challenges, like oh go through this gate and collect eight coins. One of them I can't do. It's a, a green coin challenge. I gotta watch a video because like the, I don't have enough time to do it. I don't know if I'm missing something or what, but I like I busted my ass to get to this coin and like I just cannot reach it at all. But they're like environmental puzzles, like they're riddles to solve. Yeah, it is a kind of like a like a slimmed down version, like a Mario Odyssey planet or you know something like that. Every like the the first planet is a beach planet, the second one is winter, and the third one is like a fall area. So I assume that fourth one is like the rocky, like the uh, green one and yeah you can just run around and do everything whatever you want and it's pretty open about like yet there are like two things to look in, to collect on every planet like these like crystal fuel thing shards i think but you can approach them how you like if you want to pick up one or the other it's up to you so yeah like the third planet i ran to got to get bowser first and he had one so i was like all right cool and the sparks you equip you can equip up to two sparks at, at one time and they provide passive bonuses but they can also have like active abilities give your weapon burn ability or like draw in enemies to you to your character and yeah a lot of them are useful some aren't as as you might think but yeah it's fun 
I mean, do you have the ability to to change anything? So is it all done like before you start the battle, or can you change things mid battle? Or no, it's all done before the battle. Like you can restart the battle like without losing anything. Like if you like one battle I screwed up on, and I had to use one. I had to use like Rabid Luigi, but I never used him before, so he had like nothing equipped to him correctly. So I tried the battle once just without it, and I'm like, all right, let's see if I can actually do this and. No, I can't. So I had to like restart it and then actually equip him with some sparks to like make him survive. Some of the enemies in the game are real pain in the ass. Like there's like armored Goombas that are invulnerable except to anything but dash damage. So like if you use a weapon on them, they just don't take damage. Like you have to dash into them and like throw them off the stage. And it's like, oh man, I'm not equipped to do this like correctly (laughs) or. How is that challenge in this game? Because I mean, the first game was kind of hard. I mean, so I I don't think I've ever actually gamed over. Like I've lost characters maybe once in a while in a battle, but there's no, there's no real penalty except you have to like heal them up in the next round. But the game has a pretty interesting difficulty system. I'm, I'm playing like average. Uh, okay. You can go into the options and like select how you want how you want the enemies to react to you. Like if they want you want them to be aggressive or passive or you can just turn it in vulnerability if you really don't want to play the game or like probably for like a little kid right just to enjoy uh, the mario characters and the yeah, rabbits. yeah right which is nice i mean you could probably play this game with like your daughter fairly well yeah i mean uh, do you feel like it is the story sensible at all i mean it, there's some evil cursa character that's like corrupting everyone and it's like wow this is brave, brave and new, brave and new world here, huh? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, it's fine. I mean, it's a Mario story. Like, what do you really expect? Uh, yeah, I, so, some of the uh, characters are like okay, like Prince, like Rabbit Peach is fine or pretty good. I actually like Rabbit Rosalina because she's like very depressed, just <laughs> <laughs> like t- okay. like tired of it all. I was uh, I was gonna ask you like how it's different because the rabbits are voiced this time, you know? So oh yeah. I don't, yeah, I think, like, previous, like, they, they didn't, they just had, like, you know, rabid speak and the like, the last one. Exactly, yes. So, I guess everyone's voice except for Mario. Like, he, like, yells, that's about it. He doesn't, like, talk. I mean, that, that's Charles Martinet for you, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, do you feel like it's, it's definitely better than the first game? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm playing this, like, from an XCOM perspective, I guess, so, like, being able to move and attack feels really weird mm-hmm. uh, just to me personally. The only thing I wish the game, the game has two problems that I've noticed really. There's kind of a UI problem where like you get these like skill points when you level up and like you have to like, go into a menu, go into the character menu, select a character, use the skill point and then back out of the menu to select a new character. And okay. it's like, why can't I just press like L and R or like left and right to select a new character from the skill menu? Like I should have to back out of this menu to do this. Like there's like one or two like menu problems I've noticed, like UI problems. And I, the game could use, I think the game could use like a rewind because I have occasionally messed up like a turn or done something that I almost screwed myself. Oh, okay, so there's no way to like go back and no undo a move or anything like that. It's right, and it's like, yeah, Fire Emblem has like you know, if you mess up a turn, you can just straight up rewind it. 
And I guess I, I, mean, I can see why they don't do that, but they could they could have made it like an item that you buy or something. So that's those are the only two like big things. The one thing I just I discovered is I want to say it was on Saturday. I played that game for like eight hours straight. Uh, that's a good sign when you want to when you're playing a game consistently. The longer I played, the worse the performance got. That was, that was my next question. Thing. How does it run on the Switch? I mean, I'm playing on dock, so it's fine. And I don't mean like it started running like garbage. I mean like the AI of certain characters is like breaking down in a map. Like I'd like launch into the map and like some enemies like wouldn't activate. Like they would still be active, but they wouldn't like do anything. And I'm like, I this guy should be moving around. Like he sees me or you know, sees him doing shit. Like he should be doing something, but he just stands there. So I just, I just kill him quickly. <laughs> yeah. But I was like, this is, this is a slightly, slightly odd behavior. <laughs> right. And then like, honestly, like at the, at the tail end of that s- session, like I tried to go into the map and like the game almost like froze. It took like a while to get for it to get back to like the game, like over like a minute. And I'm like, all uh. right. Uh, I'm gonna wow. quit playing this now and like restart it, or you know, like that's you know, what I was gonna ask. Like, had you been, had you been? Because I've noticed that sometimes with the Switch, where especially having a launch one, it didn't happen that much with Xenoblade. It did happen a few times where if I've had it, where it was like basically paused for a while, it had a bigger chance of crashing than if you had started from powering it on or started from no. the game. I mean, I didn't even like yeah. restart the switch. I just restarted the game. Like, I yeah. think it was like some cumulative, like it was just eating up memory or something like that. Well, that's like, that's memory. what I mean. Like, you know how the switch lets you keep the the game, yeah, in... so, like suspended or yeah. yeah, suspended. So I didn't. I wasn't like I didn't have it suspended. I don't think when I maybe I did, but it was just the longer I played, like the slightly worse it got. And then I'm like, once I did that, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna restart the game real quick, and then. And it was fine. How are the boss battles? Are they anything? They're pretty good. Uh, one was really annoying because it was against this like teleporting chick, and it was like a Final Fantasy fucking boss where I beat her. She came back. I beat her again. Like it, it did like three or four rounds of this bullshit, and I'm like, how wow. many? How many forms does this thing have? Like if it spots one wing, I'm gonna be pissed out of its left shoulder. Um, <laughs> But one is pretty cool. One is like against like this big blockhead guy, and whenever you attacked him, it would, run, it would try to charge at you. And there were like four barrels in this like big circle on the stage, and you had to have him uh, get to one of the barrels, and then he would attack him right when he's by the barrel, and then he would jump up and smash down, and then damage himself because the barrel would explode. And that was cool. Yeah, there's a lot of good uh, map and like objective objectives in this game. Like it's not all always just you know kill every enemy. Sometimes it's like oh, race to get to the like <clears throat> end part of the stage, or you have to blow up like certain of these like blowy like block things to like progress. Or like one was right. like I had a guy to bomb a bomb. Sorry, from like the start of the game, start of the stage to the end of the stage, and he would, like the bomb was supposed to blow up this thing at the end. And like you had to like turn on turn on these switches for it to like go against these like wind platforms, and it was like this is cool. And this is this is like much more involved than like kill every enemy on the stage, you know. I've heard there's puzzles as well. Yeah, like there's some light environmental stuff. Like oh, 
solve this riddle that this uh, guy tells you to do, or yeah, stuff like that. Like it is, it's not like anything deep, but it helps to break up the uh, gameplay some a little. That's good. I good that there's variety because that was a issue with the first game. It felt like you're just going from one mission to the next mission. That's kind of it. The only problem I would say also is now I have eight characters in the game, like eight units, and I could, I always right. still have like three slots for playable characters. And I think they should have upped that to four once you got eight characters. I think there's nine in total, so you're going to get one more. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I got, Ro- I got, uh, Brabid Rosalina at like, the end of World 2. And then the start of World 3, I got, I got Bowser. And I'm like, I don't have enough care, like enough spots for me to like really experiment or like, use these characters because why would I? Right. Once you find your, it's like any RPG. Once you find your party, it's very slim that you're just going to keep changing them around. Right. Like if I had more spots open, if I had like one extra spot, yeah, I'd use like Luigi or maybe Rip, uh, Rabbit Rosalina, Bowser. But it's like, eh, why? Yeah. Right. So yeah, I'd say worth like sixty bucks or whatever it's going for right now. It's worth it. Like it's the only like like big Switch game at the moment. Well, I mean, you will have one next week, Bayonetta three. Oh yeah, yeah, good like kid friendly Switch game. Let's say yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's a kid friendly something that you could play technically as a family, right? You could, um, yeah, with a few kids around. So that's uh, good to know that you really like this game and it feels worth it to you to play it. So you still got more than a little bit less than halfway to go. So hopefully yeah. by next week you'll be. Uh, done with it, probably. I'm gonna try. Yeah. Would you Lots say it's one of your favorites of the year then, or? Uh, maybe top ten. Oh, I didn't good. play much today. I've been worried about my my cat's also sick, so I'm dealing with him. So you and the cat are sick. That's. I'm getting over it. He's getting yeah. worse, so he's going to the vet tomorrow. Oh goodness. Okay. Well, I hope he uh hope Valo feels better. Yeah. There. Get anything else that you were are playing, I guess, before I... I played a little more, uh, finally got around to playing a little more Live Alive. Okay. That's still a cool game. And I appreciate a lot of the, uh, the way it's, like, designed. Right. As far as, like, bite-sized stories. And the way that you're, like, not locked into a story either. Like, if... I Because I played the, uh, I did the Western guy one. And that lasted about an hour. Maybe, maybe a little longer. But it was only, like, two or three fights. So that was funny. Yeah. And I mean, you could back out of that story and you kind of play a different one. And it's like, yeah, this is, this is designed very well. Oh yeah. I also played uh Batora lost Haven. And what did you think about that? Have you played it? Cause I know you said you wanted to. I was interested in it. Yeah. I, I would say it's a, it's a game of missed opportunity in a weird way. Uh, like the gameplay is fine. It's, it's an action RPG kind of mixed with like Ikaruga like because you have like a physical and like a mental state and you can switch between them at the same like at any time and certain enemies are like like immune to not immune but more damaged fit by physical than mental or vice versa and it's all color-coded but like the game opens up in a really interesting way of like oh the world is like half half blown up or dead or and you're like a plucky young girl with her friend, and like you somehow get separated. It was a little unclear, and you get this like 
the moon and the sun deities like imbue with their power, but you instantly get transported to like an, like an alien planet. And it's like, no, yeah. I understand Earth. <laughs> like that, that's yeah. what is, like, it's interesting to me. Like not this like rock planet that you know who cares. <laughs> yeah, I see that it's uh, like isometric. Yeah, kind of perspective. Yeah. And like, I don't like the battle system much at all. Like, it, I guess it's supposed to be like it's like oh, if you time your attacks correctly, you can like do more damage. But it's like why? Or I can just mash the A button a lot, and that does it pretty well. <laughs> like. So I you mean, haven't gotten into any kind of where it feels challenging or I mean the first world, that was okay. I, I just feel like I mean the stories like the characters are fine and it does have some like good moral choices, but I, I just feel like it's it, it's not badly designed, but it's just like not how I would have designed it. Or it's just like going in like directions I don't personally like. So it's kinda hard to get into. So what do you mean by that? Like, what did what do you? Well, know? like I said, like the second you get your powers, you're instantly whisked off to like an like an alien planet, and it's like out of. I want to see what's going up, what's up on Earth. Like that, that's more interesting to me than this planet full of like rock people. I don't give a shit about that. They didn't. They also like speed you through the intro with your friend, like to get your powers. That's why it's like unclear okay. what happened to you, like because. It takes like five minutes, and let's say this should have taken longer somehow. Like, or they should have like spent a little more time doing something with the starting area first. And it, like, it's okay, but I don't know how much I'll stick with it. <laughs> so, was it a code as well, or you just decided to pick no, it that, up? That, that was a code, but that was like a while ago because Adam gave that to me like two months ago. And the game, oh. like, that was like the one where I think I said, like, I entered the code and like nothing unlocked. Yeah. Even though it was like an early access code. Like, I I had downloaded and it was like 15 bytes, bytes of data. And I'm like, I'm betting the game is more than 15 bytes. Like, yeah, pretty sure. So like when the game came out, the code finally became active. And I was like, oh, here's, it's actually 20 gigabytes. I'm like, all right, that makes more sense. <laughs> yep. That's about it for me. How about you? So I've been basically playing, I guess you could call them, two old games that have games that have just come out or are about to come out. I never really finished uh, the first God of War 2018. So I was like, ah, you know what? I'm going to give this a whirl again, especially since, you know, I got a little bit of time before uh, the Ragnarok comes out. And I'm going to give this a shot and see if I can get far in it, at least to kind of get myself familiar with it before the the game co- the you know the new one comes out. Yeah, I just instantly remember why I really love that game. Just the the combat is awesome. Uh love playing as Kratos again and then you know the stuff with the Traus and the you know losing his mom and going through that and then Kratos having to like decide that okay now I'm gonna be a father even though that wasn't necessarily my role, perhaps, you know, like the mom kind of did most of the legwork. Here, yeah. here's, the fu- here's the funny thing is Jens is still yet to play that game and he never will. And Why? He, it's like, what I think his philosophy is like he didn't like the first, like the old God of War games. But that has. And, and I was like, I, I agree with you. Like, I, I'm i there right with you. But this is actually good. But these like, games are like, different. Like, you know. Yeah. I mean, yes, you still have the action gameplay or whatever, but it feels way more refined. Plus, um, like, Kratos has a character. <laughs> like, exactly. Kratos is a character. 
Atreus is also a great character in his own right. They work well together. They combine together. Yes, you still had like the epic boss battles in the first one and all that. Like Kratos is not a freaking total jackass like he was in yeah, the first game. Yeah, he's not game. rage like, monster. Like yeah, yeah he so. has more of a human side to him in these games. And like I'm sure he he's championing uh, Bayonetta three is like his aside from Elden Ring is like his game of the year. And I'm like I'm sure Bayonetta three will be fine. Like don't get right. me wrong. But between like that and God of War Ragnarok, I'll take God of like Ragnarok every day. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, like I know I'm gonna wanna get through a, a large part of this game because I know I'm gonna I wanna play uh Ragnarok as soon as that comes out if I can. And I got all the way up to the a little bit further than the first boss battle with um I forgot what his name is, but he's really fast and he turns into He's the son of Freya, who isn't. Yeah, it's Balder. Yeah, um, yeah, that was fun. That boss battle was fun. Uh, getting to just I mean, blast him, and then you get the rage. The there. funny thing is, is, you're like barely in the game because, right? Like, once that game like really opens up, it's like, wow, this is like a really big ass game. <laughs> yeah, no, and then the thing is, like, to hear that and know that apparently Riding Rock's even bigger. Yeah. So. Like actual like side a lot of side stuff to do and everything. So oh yeah, yeah. Um, and like even like, I mean, have you even gotten to like the main world yet? No, I've gotten to like the second area. Well, once you get to like the main hub world, it's like wow. Like you can even like affect like how the water is. So you know, certain areas will be like clear because like the water's lower or. You mean, like to get to one area, you may need the water to be higher and stuff like that. So yeah, it gets really crazy. Oh, okay. Because there's like a big I lake, mean, and you have like a boat, you can like go around in that and see all these like different little spots. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I think I got a little bit further than I am now, from what I remember. Right. And then I don't remember what what else came out around that time that I was like, oh, I had to play this instead of that, and then I never went back to it. Um. It's actively a game that I like. I'm thinking about it right now <laughs> as yeah. we're doing this show because I'm like, I enjoy that time with it that much. Wish adulting wouldn't get in the way where I could, you know, spend more time with it, but it's it's an enjoyable the, game. And yeah, the, I mean, the obvious spoiler, I guess, is you eventually do get the old, old Blades of Chaos or Blades right. of yeah. know, whatever the callback. And it's really fun, like. Like mix those up with your axe. Yeah, I mean, like it's even to me that there was parts of it where I forget that you have to press triangle to bring the axe back. Yeah, and I'm just punching the dude without the axe, and I was like, this just feels good, even even with just the punching and the uh, blocking and stuff. So yeah, like yeah. there's a weight to the combat in the game in that game that like most games don't have, even like yeah, action exactly. RPGs or action you know games like that. And then being able to. Ha- like use a trace to, you know, distract the monsters and whatever twos. Yeah, uh, and he actually takes off like big chunks of health with those arrows. So yeah, and he's, he can he's even a useful like, character. Yeah, he can even like build him up better to do that. So it's like, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I appreciate. He's not like this just annoying kid that you kind of have to like bring along. He actually serves a purpose, and they did that really well. So I'm excited yeah. to see what he, he how gets, that evolves. He does get annoying later on in the game, but it's kind of they actually do justify it and they redeem his character so that 
that's nice. Yeah, that's a uh, super positive to hear. Um, now being a teenager, as far as in the in Ragnarok is going to be interesting how they do that. Yeah, I watched that big. They released like a ten minute, uh, I up. guess, like behind the scenes trailer that yeah. I I definitely think people should go watch. Unless you're one of those folks that like wants to know nothing about the game or whatever, which I understand, but definitely they explain a lot uh, in that and like motivations behind those characters and obviously how they made the game dealt with it during the pandemic and all that stuff too. So it's really interesting. I definitely think people should go uh, check that out. And and hey, isn't the woman who plays uh, Freya pretty cute? I mean, I wasn't really thinking about that at the time, but <laughs> yeah, and. I've also been playing uh, a Plague Tale Innocence, which is the first uh, Plague Tale. a good game. one. <laughs> uh, well, no, Requiem is apparently very good as well. A lot of people have uh, been having good thoughts about Requiem. And so I, I was like, you know, I don't really remember much of the story of the first. Like, this is another game I think I got like halfway through and then I didn't go back to for this reason or another. And I was like, ah, I kind of asked on Twitter and everybody was like, well, you're going to be kind of lost. Like, I would give it a shot if you could go back and play it. I mean, instantly, I remember why I was like, oh, my God, this game is it hits you right in the feels from the beginning um, and then gets you gets you going for the rest of it. And I love the fact that it's like that interactive kind of it has those passive moments, obviously, which they correct in Requiem where. You feel like there's more hands-on, uh, but I do love the just you're moving the character around. There's still puzzles for you to solve, and then there's the big action sequences. Like feel like they have a lot of gravitas um, to them as well. So join that game, and I think uh, I remember why it had a lot of the plot it had at the time. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm looking forward to getting into Rec Room uh, at some point here. Once I can get through a large part of this game, if not all of it, hopefully. But yeah, if you, if you, I forgot for a while, I was like, kept going, oh man, it's not on Game Pass anymore. I'm going to have to go buy it. And then I remember I was like, oh yeah, the PS5 version came to PS Plus. So I actually have it. And so I downloaded it and started playing it. So if, you know, if for some reason you haven't checked out either one of these games, I would definitely recommend uh folks do that especially if you like you know medieval settings and all that stuff so there's that i played a little bit more soul hackers uh too as well like i said like the gameplay is not the problem it's just it does the gameplay is something where as welcome it's the fact that you have to like go through the monotony of fighting the same monsters over and over and over again when you're in these dungeons because they don't really change that much I mean, yeah, I'm in the subway one in the subway level. So, like, when you go up the the different floors, they do change, right? But it's still kind of like, uh. And then, like uh. you said, you gain such little experience unless your mon- your demon that you're like leveling up is that. You know, I've I've gone through the part where you do fusions and stuff like that. So I I got through some of the fusions, and so they're at higher levels. So they they don't level up as much as say the ones that I get from just walking around the the area and you get it from getting into you know how you get everything in that game where your demons that you do have give you items or give you things 
Yep. Uh, and they tend to be at lower levels, so they gain more. But it's still kind of like, oh, I don't want to keep fighting, but then I have to so they can gain levels and gain their powers and and all that uh, stuff. So I'm, I'm just waiting for the eventual mess, like private message from you saying, if you write my Soul Hackers 2 review, I'll, give you, I'll, get, I'll get you Ragnarok for Christmas. <laughs> I'm almost at that point sometimes. <laughs> it's like I might. Because I already I'm, beat that I damn know. game. So. I, will t- I might tell you that in a week. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Um, also, because you have a lot more experience with that whole series than I do. I played a little bit of Persona 5 Royal on Xbox because we had to... We bombed our, our apartment here you know, where my mom and, and family live in hopes of getting rid of all the, the ridiculous amounts of roaches that we had gotten. So I had to not only take all the animals to my girlfriend's house for our apartment for two hours, I then had to come and air out this apartment and then sit outside with them for two hours. And in that time, I was like, you know what? I can only really use my phone. Let me pop in Persona 5 Royal. I never played Royal. I've only played, you know, the original. And, you know, it's Persona 5. Got to meet Kasumi there at the beginning and got to, you know, hear some of that new music, which is great, of course. And it looks great on Xbox. So that's a plus there. It's on Game Pass if you want to. I do have the original on PS4 um, as well, but. Yeah. Before that game was coming out, I considered buying like they actually have a Persona Five Royal Collector's Edition from like Atlas. Like, yeah. You know, comes with a bag and a whole bunch of other stupid crap with it, and it was like one twenty. And I was like, you know, I'm a, I'm dumb. I'll admit it. And I was like, I, I might buy that. Right. Until I saw shipping, and shipping was like thirty six bucks. Oh hell no! And I was like, thirty six bucks. Like, there's like no other cheaper option, and it, you know, I don't mind waiting. Do the cheapest option, and I'll I'll be fine. Right. Like I don't need it tomorrow, but for that price, I was like, no, thank you. Like that that is like a third. That was like that was almost a third of the pr- product price, and I was like, nope. Yeah, I. Uh, it, it's one of those like definitely. I'm happy to see a lot of people are playing. Uh, Persona now uh, on Xbox finally if you didn't or on Switch if you bought it on Switch or uh, but <laughs> this has led obviously to a lot of console war nonsense which uh, don't get yourself involved in that uh, recommended but I mean, the the best yeah. platform to play it would be PC pro- that I can I can think of personally yeah probably because you can you know eventually mod it and everything but yeah. I, I don't agree with the people that were apparently calling it tra- a trash game and then it shows up on Xbox and now it's a great game. Like A great game is a great game no matter what console or PC only. Uh, just because now all of a sudden you got to play, it doesn't make it not a trash game. So uh, just a word to the wise there. Just learn to, hey, I can't play that game, unfortunately. Uh, if it ever does come to my system, great. I will play it then. But either way, as long as people are playing and enjoying it, that's what matters. And, you know, I can totally recommend that Persona 5 Royal was pretty awesome. So I can't wait till four, uh, 3 and 4 come out next year because those I have not played. So I'll actually get to experience uh, those for the first time and everything. 4 holds up. 3 is a little more of a dicey proposition. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm hoping that the big rumors that they are going to remake three actually happen, but yeah. we'll see. They they keep like, re- they keep revealing like little snippets of like somebody apparently has access to some I don't know what kind of version of that remake or something, but they never like Alice has never officially revealed it. We'll see. The problem with Persona Three that I can remember is uh, at least the original version. I don't see, I don't know which version is coming to. It's Xbox. portable. The Persephone portable is the one that's coming out. Yeah, the yeah. Uh, that's ugly. <laughs> and it's yeah. I can imagine it's probably gonna be ugly. Yeah. And it's like because they had to bust it down from the PlayStation or the PS2 at the time. So like instead of having these kind of big open levels that the PS2 version had, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Like what they should do is remaster Persona Three Fez. Say forget the other, forget the new character because it's not needed. And make that the best version. I'm but, really surprised that they didn't uh, just decide to do that. Well, what you want to hear my dirty theory is they already got a Vita slash PSP emulator working. So that's why they can okay, just kind of dump, dump the ISO in that thing and run it and like touch it up some. And like, all right, that's good enough. Yeah. Though, like I said, those are the two I've always wanted to play. I've watched the anime and I've watched the movies. But I never got to like. I didn't have ever have a PSP. I didn't have a PS Vita. And when I had a PS2 before, I had to sell it due to unfortunate circumstances. Uh, that was not my kind of game at all. You know, Persona was. I didn't. I had no idea what Persona was. So yeah, it's cool that these are coming. So well, one that- funny problem of Persona Three, like original Persona Three, that like portable and Fez did fix was in original Persona 3, you can only control your main character. Right, the yes, other, the I other, remember that. Yeah, the other character was like AI-controlled, and it was terrible. Yeah, that's, I mean, I'm glad, I, they fixed that in uh, the portable, right? Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, the portable one has the, you can place the female protag. Right. Right. I guess that's, so. that's neat, but not needed, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would I, rather take as over portable because just because of the graphical, right, way better <laughs> or you know, way more fully featured. I mean, I guess if they probably thought if we're taking Golden, which is from the Vita, yeah, why not go ahead and go- Golden is not stripped down. Like okay. that is that is Persona Four because the Vita is powerful enough to run that. It's, it basically is a PS2 in a handheld form at the time. So it's like, all right, this works fine. But Portable has a lot more downgrades compared to, you know, Persona 3 regular. <laughs> right. But, yeah, I'll still probably get it. Or I'll always take a look at it. Yeah, at least. Well, I think that does it for what I've been playing as well. Let's go ahead and get into the news here. Uh, so we do have an update on what we talked about last week with the uh, Helena Taylor, the original voice actress for Bayonetta for the first two games, um, Jennifer Hale, who's now the voice actress for Bayonetta for Bayonetta 3, and then, of course, you know, Platinum Games, all that. Apparently, she was dishonest about what she was being offered. Uh, she pretty much admitted it during her la- her rebuttal video statement that she put out that yes originally she was not offered 15,000 as she claimed 
but she wasn't offered as low as the four thousand either. She was offered apparently ten thousand at one point. Then she spoke to Hideki Kamiya, and he bumped it up to fifteen thousand, uh, which that's for all the sessions together, not you know, uh, which is still above what her union pay is for that job. Now, look, it doesn't take away from the fact that VAs are still paid terribly. Okay. Um, as we said last time, a lot of game industry jobs aside from game dev are paid terribly. But the thing is that lying about this situation doesn't help the, the voice actors and the voice actresses that are actually trying to make a statement about getting better pay. So this kind of just really hurt those chances, unfortunately. Yeah. I want to see like a contract until one of them like leaks that. I mean, she already broke the NDA, but I think if she will, and it's, she's already going to make it hard for herself to get jobs further. No, like, yeah, yeah. she doesn't voice act like her, her problem, her, I don't disagree with her message, but her core problem is, she doesn't do a lot of other jobs. I, I draw the situation. I draw, I draw the comparison to Gray Griffin, or I think her name is Gray Delisle again. Uh, she went back right. her maiden name. She's the voice of Jean in that game, like the second, like the other Bullet Witch. I think that's what they're called in that game. Mm-hmm. She's not coming back either, right? And she is like the most prolific voice actress, or at least one of them. So she hasn't said why she's not coming back, but she's not. And she, right. you, know, you know, she does characters in like shit, like you know, Third Boy in, in like cartoon. You know, she's not, she's not particularly choosy about her roles. So, actually, I wonder like what her contract was or how bad was that. I, I don't think this Helena Taylor understands how voice acting like really works, like as a job. Like you have to be like yeah. out there every day auditioning. You know. I mean, and that stuff's that stuff's free, right? You don't get paid for the auditioning and the and yeah, all that. But it, yeah. You know that takes twenty minutes. I mean, who knows how long it takes? I mean, right? But you're preparing yourself for the role, like most, what you think the you know. Most voice actors actors also have like their own voice studio in their in their house or apartment or whatever. Yeah, uh, like it's not like you're not you not have to like run that studio time or something. But like Helena Taylor only does Bayonetta, so. That's an issue if you're only relying on one character. It's not like, you know, Madden every year. <laughs> you know, or, you know. Yeah, uh, and this you, is not a franchise that makes a lot of money. No, it does. Know? But No, but it doesn't make Nintendo big IP money. It makes like 2 million sold or something like that, which is increasingly getting smaller and smaller of what studios need to make back what they spent on these games. So... Now, granted, Bayonetta 3 could blow that all out of the water, especially because of the this controversy and getting a lot of the online people to buy the game that may not have bought the game in the first place, or that now might go back and whoever canceled their pre-order might actually go and buy the game instead. So this is definitely a niche hardcore game. It's not a appeals-to-everybody game, you know? So her asking for what amounts to 10 times what that role is, what that role normally gets paid, I think almost anybody would have gone and said, 
no, we're not going to pay you that. So, well, here's the thing. I, I don't disagree with her, her requesting that money, even if it was a hundred grand, like, yeah. How much, how much is that done in relation to like the overall development cost of the game? It's probably still peanuts, but her also wanting points on the back end or points on like copy sold. That's nuts. That was, you know. uh, I mean, I don't, I don't actually begrudge her wanting residuals because you are the main lead character. And also to be fair, I mean, that's how it's done in a lot of other industries. Yeah. Yeah. But even developers, a lot of developers don't get residuals. So, oh, I agree. I agree with you there. But that's see, that's the but problem it, is. Well, her her going like, oh, I think she said like some tweet like, oh, I'm just gonna abandon the role and I'm just gonna want to go back to theater. And it's like, yeah, okay. How many residuals do you get for a theater performance? Like none. <laughs> well, yeah, you're doing it. You're doing that whole tour, so. What residuals are you really getting? You're, you're right. You know, it's not like everybody buys a copy and, you know, you're part of that until they get to the point where they outsource that, right? Where they eventually maybe becomes part of Broadway or something and it's no longer her. It's somebody else doing those roles or whatever. But, uh, yeah, it, it sucks that this happened this way. You know, she, again, like Mark pointed out, she has a point. But the point now is going to be buried in the her fabricating a lot of this story, which is not good. I guess words to the wise to people, if you're going to do this and try to help out your I mean, uh, the, profession. The, yeah, at the very least, what they should have done. Like I said, I, it's nothing against her personally. I, I haven't met the woman, obviously. I just don't like Jennifer Hale's performances a lot of the time. They should have just got another British actress to do. Bayonetta. <laughs> Believe me, there's a ton of them out there. Yeah, and but would work cheap. <laughs> you know, if Jennifer Hell accepted to do it for the price that they stated, yeah, but they, or they paid her a little bit more. They could have paid someone else a little bit. Like to me, Bayonetta is a British character, right? Like she, a very strong kind of British accent, and Hale might be able to pull that off, but I don't think it's going to sound entirely natural compared to like okay. if it's got some you know, British lady like Helena Taylor to do it. Yeah. I, I mean, look, I get it. I get people want the original voice actress if possible. And I get that she was, she was paid like 3000 pounds for the first game and everything. And a little bit more for the second. And that increase that she was getting was a lot more. So again, I don't begrudge her asking for more than even that. But then at some point, you have to say, okay, well, she decided not to do it. Maybe she thought they would just come back to her and and be like, well, okay, we got to have you. Here's a little bit more. And she lost on that bargaining table. Yeah. So, yeah, either way, that's what's been going on with that. Uh, Bayonetta comes out in what will be three days from the time we're recording this. So uh, by the time we... Yeah. Come out next look, week. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm looking at her IMDb right now, and she's had five voiceover roles in the past 10 years. Uh, for on their all for Bay, like there's only five, and they're all for Bayonetta. Right. And it's like, yeah, that's not a sustainable career, obviously. Like, But obviously, she must do something else. You know that, or she has somebody else that helps her because, like, I mean, I guess play work yeah. and stuff. 
or yeah. you know, like she's on the stage, but it's like, yeah, but that's different than voicing a character, you know? Right. Like, look at our uh, announcer actress Natalie Lander. Like, yes, yeah, she does voice actor actress work, like for she does like Tara and Final Fantasy and other other characters, but she also acts on like on screen, right? Or she does yeah, that's other a shit. different pay scale than yeah, but it's here. not it's not all relying on like you know. I'm sure if Square, if she said to Square one day, "Hey, I want five times mu- as much to, to voice Terra in whatever new dumb Final Fantasy mobile game you're making," they'd be like, "All right, later." <laughs> yeah, true. Wouldn't but doubt it. I, I'm sure she recognizes like she gets paid for the job, probably not a ton. Well, it's basically but- like freelancing. Yeah, you have to constantly be going from one gig yeah. to the next gig. Right, and you, yeah, yeah, you can't just rely on Bayon- like a Bayonetta game to hit every hit every year because that ain't gonna happen. Yeah, I mean, I I get what that she wanted the residual, so she didn't have to. She could go back to doing the play work or whatever, and not have to voice a character again for a while. But right. I can't imagine she was paid that much for Smash to barely do any no, lines probably, there. I mean, so, yeah, and that's probably yeah. like one or two sessions at max. You know, exactly. Uh, <coughs> Sorry. But yeah, I mean, this, who knows, you know, I guess we'll learn how, what the impact of this is as time goes on. But right now she has not put herself in the best light. And I don't think she got what she wanted out of this boycott for uh, Bayonetta 3. In fact, it was quite the opposite, it seems like. Yeah. So moving on from that, we have uh, Fallout 4 is apparently going to get a next-gen upgrade on both series consoles and playstation 5 and pc so they are not leaving out ps5 on this uh which is a good look for microsoft let's be fair they are going in a they are having a battle right now to try to get that activision blizzard thing passed and uh, now the cma is wanting you to go write a letter if you want to go do that uh (laughs) yeah i mean for one how sad is it that a governing body needs to go get letters from the freaking community to make a decision? Let's see if not, you know, not really, because I mean that's it's how they gauge you know public interest or public uh you know what the public wants. Yeah, but I mean, most people that are going to do this is like the hardcore console worker. Right? We already know what that is. <laughs> that's going to give you. So, are you really going to be able to answer your own question there? Um, I don't know. The fact that we have like other governing bodies or I don't know what you call it coming out and saying that the CMA really just needs to pass this, uh, I think really doesn't give them, it, it doesn't help them in a way. Again, like a lot of their statement reads like they were just taking everything Jim Ryan told them and like, Hey, let's regurgitate this on paper. We'll see whatever happens with that. But nonetheless, Fallout 4 is getting an action upgrade. It is coming in in 2023. Um, there is going to be improved performance and new features. Of course, this is to celebrate the 25th anniversary of Fallout. Uh, it is going to be free. So there's performance mode features, high frame rate, 4K, bug fixes, a creation club content. Um, I have- yeah. I have a problem with them saying it's like Fallout's 25th anniversary because it's like technically it is, but you guys only owned it for like the past 12 years or 13 years. Well, like, yeah, but the game's still 
existed for that time. I mean, go make an HD version of Fallout One. Let's do this. <laughs> I mean, that would that would really be mm-hmm. having to redo that to make it work on consoles and stuff. So I don't know if they want to go through that trouble. But honestly, right. yeah, that's a, that's a lot of work. There's a reason why that has only and probably will only come out on the PC Game Pass right. uh, side of thing. But I, you are a Fallout fan. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a bummer I don't like Fallout 4. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say is like, does this interest you at all to go play Fallout 4? Because I well, remember you weren't a big fan of it. Yeah, I had it on yeah. PC. So it's like, well, I guess this is cool for like the console kids. but. I still didn't like it on PC. Like it's not going to make me go out and run, run out and buy like a the PS4 version or anything. Uh, it just felt like it felt compared to like Fallout Three and New Vegas. Fallout Four is incredibly like scattershot, and it didn't have like a clear direction of where to go. So that was an issue. <laughs> yeah, certainly. And it, uh, and uh, it felt too, it like felt like it was too big and too meandering and. It had this like idea of like oh you're trying to find your son, but like that kind of went nowhere or like it just felt like completely flat because it's like I you're not like spending time like it's not like you got to know your son beforehand like he's like a little, he's like a baby when he got kidnapped so right it's like okay I guess but, but like even if that was a point like oh you're trying to rescue your son it's like well then why am I talking to this robot detective or why am I doing all this like base building shit that's not fun at all. <laughs> yeah, because they you know they have to bring in the fallout stuff that you're used to doing. But that's that right. wasn't like that was all new shit. Like that whole base yeah. building stuff like felt very ba- like you know back asswards to me and they hold built a whole game around with Fallout twenty twenty five or Fallout seventy six. Shelter well no Fallout seventy six. Like that's the whole point of that game is build your camp. And I'm like no, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I don't want to do that. It's like, I didn't want to do it in the single-player game. I definitely don't want to do it in the multiplayer one. <laughs> <laughs> so you you didn't have anything that you liked about Fallout 4? Some of the characters were, were cool. Uh, and it was nice they got rid of item durability. That was about it. <laughs> oh, that doesn't sound uh, too positive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, hey, at least if you did like Fallout 4... You can go back and replay that, but I definitely it, do remember. Even like the DLC was bad for that game, and it's like wow. Like I can understand like one or two of them like not being great, but they had like four DLCs, and like three of them were mm-hmm. just like items to like for your base, and then one of them was like the Coca Cola world. Yeah, the Coca Cola. Yeah, yeah, but even that was like pretty half assed, and it's like wow, you guys didn't even like try for this, did you? <laughs> <laughs> I think by then they already knew they were not really going to get people to come back for that game. Right. So they just had to so, put one of them out and all right, yeah. on to the next thing. I, look like, well, well we out. promised, so we <laughs> yeah. have to put that out. But I mean, believe me, if they said, hey, we're putting that New Vegas, like New Vegas remastered, like, hey, it's going to be it's going to be New Vegas and Fallout 4's engine. They're like, game on, let's do this. I'll buy that game again. But or even Fallout Three. Like I actually did. I like Fallout Three quite a bit, but just not because it had like an interesting story or an interesting setting, and that Fallout Four did not have. Yeah. Well, you would hope that they're going to look at that with Fallout Five, and then of course the upcoming Starfield as well. They will have a lot to learn from. So yeah. uh, 
it, it looks like next year is going to be it for <laughs> Starfield, but right. at least you hope so. We don't have any more delays, and we'll see if they learned anything from that. Speaking of uh, learning from things, the you know we talked about this Disco Elysium kind of split that happened with the studio. Uh, now we have the Disco Elysium lead designer Robert Kurvitz following a lawsuits against uh, Zaum. He's uh, you know at first they had claimed that the developers left them voluntarily and they were fired on false premises. Um, these departures actually occurred at the end of 2021 so like around this time last year which that's crazy that we haven't heard about that till now yeah it's not a not a good look for the studio that's again in development on what you would think is a sequel to the school Elysium. uh they can't really apparently talk about much of it because there's an nda what right. Kurvitz apparently is filing the lawsuit due to his company and this is going to take place in an estonian court uh next month so i guess we'll see what comes of this and if we find out any info because they really didn't divulge any info here i Um, mean i guess for my like very limited understanding like the company kind of imploded because of like money versus creative like creatives yeah and all the creatives left and the the money guys think we can do this and uh Spoiler nope. alert, you can't. No, you can't. <laughs> so I think I think like Disco Elysium 2 will come out at some point, but it will be terrible. Uh, it doesn't inspire a lot of faith right now, if those are people that are making it. Let's see. Maybe they make up and they come together to make that game, but right now it's not looking too good. Or all the creative guys just go work for like uh, Super Dragon Kings and make another one or make it, make another game like that. <laughs> yeah, that, that too could happen. Uh, as well, yeah. Uh, remember when Oscar Isaac was talking about? Well, it seems like he never stops talking about this Metal Gear Solid movie that he apparently wants to make. B- back in the nineteen sixties, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, he's still talking about how he's hoping that it happens, uh, that it's his favorite game, and everything else. No, Do you think this is going to happen? Uh, I mean. No offense to Oscar Isaac. He's getting up there age-wise. Like, he's 43. Like, he only has a limited time left to do this if he wants to do it. Like, <clears throat> I'm not saying, like, he, you know, he's too old tomorrow. But, like, five years from now, he might be too old. But in answer to your question, fuck no. You don't think Konami will ever just be like, hey, we made a Silent Hill movie. The, uh, the, the thing with Silent Hill is it's cheap to make. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, if they said, if they just said, hey, if you get the funding together, make it. That That's one thing. But they're not going to put up the money to make this thing. Well, at least the money that you think a movie of this magnitude, of one of the highest selling and most well-revered and loved video game franchises would deserve. Like, yeah. yeah, like, how much do you think ballpark like a sound like a uh, metal gear solid movie would take to make uh good like 100 mil more i was thinking like <laughs> like at least 150 personally yeah I'm, I'm looking at it right now that first silent hill movie cost 50 million to make yeah that's kind of a lot <laughs> i mean it made 100 million so technically that's not great either 
because that's like the movie budget. I, I, like something I've learned online that holds pretty true is whatever the movie budget is, double it for marketing. So if a movie costs fifty million, it really costs a hundred million because of marketing and stuff like that. So for it to only make a hundred million, that's not great. <laughs> yeah, no, it's and not. The next one that Silent Hill Revelation only cost twenty million because it's like yes, I wonder why, and it made fifty five million, so it actually did earn more of a technical profit than the last one. But no one like no one remember, even remembers that movie anymore. So right. So I think like realistically, like uh, think of like a Transformers movie, like those are like two or three hundred million dollars. Yeah, I mean that's if you wanted to make it like high grade Michael Bay quality, but I don't think Konami would do that either. Right. Yeah, like that last Bumble, like that Bumble movie cost between a hundred hundred million and a hundred thirty million, uh, and it actually made money. Like I'm not gonna lie about that, but like compared to like the like the bigger Transformers movies, which you know made a billion dollars. Yeah. Like no. And actually, people like that Bumble movie. Yeah, yeah, that was like a good one. one. Like of the, of yeah. the six sort of the fuck they've made. Like it's like, yeah, this is the one good one, and it made the least amount of money. So, right, great. Uh, so I, I just don't see it. Like they can say they they're work they're working on it, but you know they've been trying to work on a crow remake for twenty years now. Yeah, and, I feel like I hear that all the time. <laughs> that crow remake is still happening, folks. And, you know, Todd McFarlane's still in his bat cave or where the fuck he is going, I'm making a new Spawn movie. And it's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> at least so. he's still doing Spawn stuff. So that's a. What do you mean, at positive. least? That's all he has going for him. Like, it's yeah, not like I know. He has any I'm other option. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's almost getting to the point of like George R.R. R. Martin with uh, the next Game of Thrones book. Like, hey, I'm making other Game of Thrones stuff, but not the book that you guys want to read. Right. Uh, I tease Jens about that all the time. <laughs> um, uh, so, I mean, I'm sure maybe eventually a Metal Gear Solid movie will come out, but it'll be Japanese and it'll be like $10 million. And you look- think so? <laughs> I feel like there's going to be some big, if we can get enough video game movies that actually like do decently, like let's say we get more. Uh, you know, Uncharted did pretty well. Like, let's say we get a few more of something like that, where Sony uh, gets a hit with that Horizon show, and um, that you know, the Mario movie mo- finally comes out. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, the day's gone. Um, the Mario movie does really well. Like, I could see somebody with some cachet going, "Oh, you know what? I really like Metal Gear Solid. Let's cast a big Hollywood." known actor in there and make this a big budget movie. Like I could see it happening. Uh, I don't think Oscar Isaac would be making it. I think it'd be somebody else. No, that, that's kind of a diss on Oscar Isaac though. Cause it's like, he, he's plenty big. <laughs> like, yeah. He could open a movie just fine, but no, I'm not, I'm not saying he can't. I'm saying if it never gets made while he's pushing for it, I could see someone else doing it, you know, but that's just me. Maybe not. I feel like if you're going to make a run of franchises that deserve video game movies that aren't horror based, um, that are, you know, cheap to make, as Resident Evil will show you because they keep doing it, uh, they. Metagross will be one of those. I don't know. 
I think the, I think a problem also Metal Solid technically is like that's a pretty complicated story, and yep. to cram that into like a two or three hour film, like good luck. <laughs> well, couldn't they could they make a Metal Gear Solid series TV show that has that would have more yeah uh, possibility to be like made, I guess. But I I don't know if they if they would want to do that. <laughs> yeah, that well, would also should. be a lot more expensive. <laughs> yeah. But hey, you know, Konami's not making a Metal Solid movie anytime soon, but they are making a, another Silent Hill movie. So, you know, they got that for going for them. I uh, called it last week. Yep. So <laughs> they did have that Silent Hill announcement. And pretty much the, the guesses that we all had were basically what was announced. Uh, Silent Hill 2 Remake, which that was the most like known quantity. Yeah. of the bunch that was there. Um, and that is the Bloober team uh, making this. So the folks that made the medium and the Layers of Fear games and all that. Uh, Randy is super excited because he liked the medium a lot more than most people. Yeah, I've been um, uh, following uh, Jess from Giant Bomb or kind of ranting yeah. about it, and she really is not a fan. <laughs> yeah. Um. I, there was a lot of people that were not happy about the fact that Bloober Team is the one doing it. I say we give them a shot before we just, you know, nix this whole thing. It could be really good. The trailer looked really interesting. Um, let's give it a chance, you know. L- let's come out with some some more. Let it, let it cook some more. Get to where this is coming out, and then we'll see, I guess. Yeah. What are your... Do you, do you uh, like Silent Hill too? Are you interested in this at all? I, I think it's really weird because I think they should be remaking the first one. And I, I guess I know like Resident Evil Two is kind of where the series got like a lot more popular, like mainstream wise. Right. But the Resident Evil Two remake worked because they already had Resident Evil One remake done, or like right, exactly that, that was already made and already you know. So it's like, where does this? Yeah, it's like, where does the Silent Hill one remake? It's like, well, that's on the PS One. Uh, good luck. <laughs> yeah, maybe they'll go backwards. I guess if this does well, they'll go back and remake Silent Hill One. Yeah, but I, I mean, hey, if, if it works for him, fine. I've never been a fan of that franchise. I think I've heard Shattered Memories is pretty good. That's the Wii one. Uh that's about it. <laughs> Like, why have you... <laughs> uh, I played the first one. I didn't like it, because you couldn't, couldn't fucking see anything, because of the fog. Right. Uh, yeah. I played Silent Hill 3 on PC. I didn't like it. It, it had, like, really funky gamepad controls. Uh, and I played Silent Hill 4 on PS2, uh, and that game made me nauseous. Like, the first-person sequences made me, like, physically sick. Because like the mm. like the field of vision was like really fucked up, uh, so yeah, I'm just not a fan of that franchise. Like I, you know, the film is fine, I guess. You know, it's dumb, but it's more or less passable. Yeah, <laughs> I like the know, movie. That that pyramid head kill that one is like you know kind of funny, but as as a whole, I'm just not into that franchise. Yeah, like hell, why uh, don't bring back nightmare creatures? <laughs> And we also got Silent Hill Townfall, which is made in conjunction with No Code and Annapurna. That looks really interesting as well. Of course, No Code are the 
folks that make uh, stories untold and observation. So that gets me excited because I like both those games. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm down for Annapurna being involved in having a Silent Hill thing. That's cool. And then you get Silent Hill F, which is, I guess, Silent Hill 5 or, you know, Silent Hill, the next in the series, whatever you want to deem it as. So you're getting the continuation of the series. You're getting a spinoff or, a, you know, side game. And you're getting the Silent Hill 2 remake. And also the the next movie in Silent Hill as well. So that's a lot in one announcement thing. So right. I would say well done for Konami for having all that in the bag and then releasing it all in one go. So that's a pretty pretty good showcase, I would say. Yeah, for uh, people who are excited, feel feel free or you know have at it. <laughs> I mean, re- you know, uh, Capcom also did the Resident Evil showcase. Got to see, I guess, the final trailer for the what's what's the name for that Resident Reverse. Evil? No, Resident Evil Village like Gold Edition that has the oh. DLC. Yeah, um, where you get to play as Rose. I'm excited for that. That comes out on the 28th as well. There's already, uh, I think, Gamespot already has a review, and it's already like kind of negative. <laughs> yeah, I saw that the review wasn't uh, great. And that sucks, though. Um, yeah. And then, what is it? The the mercenaries mode has all the the bosses in it that you get to play as now. So right. And I saw people were like upset that like Lady Dimitrescu's height is like smaller, but it's like yeah, because they don't want to fucking yeah. Near if hog, every she door, was the doorway and you know doorway in the game, like yeah, if she was her true height, you wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, like real, yeah, like real awkward to go through a door. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I still want to kind of like experience that ending. It. I was intrigued with it when the game ended, so sure. uh want to go through that. And then the third person mode is pretty still cool that we're getting that as well. Um, and then they showed a lot of gameplay for Resident Evil Four remake, which that looked great as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to that. It was interesting they actually showed that the girl, uh, not the president's daughter, I mean, like, Leanne's partner lady. Yeah. I forget her name, but, uh, like, they actually showed her, like, in her office, and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> like, yeah. Because in the game, she's always, like, a screen, and that's, like, on the walkie-talkie, and that's about it, <laughs> or the cell phone. <laughs> I guess that's, uh, you know, it makes a remake. They decided to change that there, so. Right. Yeah. I hope they release another a PS5 and Xbox Series X uh, chainsaw controller. <laughs> That'd be cool. Uh, if we... I actually had... Uh, I mean, I don't still have it, but I wish I still did. But at one point, I did have the PS2 chainsaw controller. Oh, that's awesome. It was terrible. Like, it looked cool, but it's such, it's such like uh, a... I'm just saying it's awesome because it looks cool. It yeah. Looks cool, but, yeah. No, it's worth like $400. And I was like, damn, I wish I would have kept that. <laughs> What else did they? That was it, right? They didn't. Yeah, pretty much. Like, yeah, Capcom came out afterwards and said there was no plans, which I'm sure was upsetting for you. No plans to make uh, Cobronica remake. Yeah, yeah. They, they they forgot the word yet because after Resident Evil Four, what else is there? Like, I mean, they they could do five, I guess, 
but I, I man, I think if you're going down the well of doing five and six, I mean, you really are scraping at the bottom of the barrel there. That's why I say Code Veronica's next because, yeah, I mean, they could they're gonna do Resident Evil Nine probably at some point. Sure, couldn't but, they go back and do one if they wanted to again? I, mean, I guess. I mean, it's been long enough. It's not like, uh, you know, a, that, that remake is over ten years old. Right. That's what uh, I'm saying. Like. At least it's ten years old, you know. <laughs> There's probably still some quality of life improvements they can do to that game, or even do a remake of Zero uh, I mean, as well. Zero is the other option, yes. But I, I guess I would. I mean, I would probably rather see Code Veronica. <laughs> right, because Code Veronica continues the story that's kind of already established. So uh, where Zero kind of starts from nothing, and then yeah, they kind of make it up whole cloth. <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's the thing. I think people have less attachment to Zero as well. Like, um, I mean, I guess if they really wanted to, like I said, they could remake one. But you know, I I can also see them kind of saying we don't want to commit to that. Sure. As well, well I, mean, I mean, it just raises yeah. expectations, or you know, it it helps yeah. to it would deaden some of the excitement for Resident Evil Four. Yeah, because there'll be people that don't like Four at all that would be like, oh man, now I'm gonna wait for Code Veronica. I think that is smart on their end. Like when three came out, people already knew the rumors were four was happening. Right. And then so, three came out. Yeah. And it's such a uh, kind of a mess. Yeah. It was kind of a letdown compared to right. two. Why? Well, like, because it's supposed to be part, it's supposed to be bundled with, with RA2 and they split it up and yeah. It's a yeesh. But Which, uh, I mean, yeah. The Resident Evil Zero, not Resident Evil Zero, the Resident Evil One remake stuff, it could happen. But those games are already available on the cur- on the modern or the current console. Right, exactly. The, so, I mean, so was Resident Evil Four, to be fair. Yeah, so, but there's a slight difference. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, it definitely looks better. Probably going to play better. All that stuff. So would be right. worth having that for sure. Uh, I mean, horror games are really, you know, as we mentioned, you know, we did that topic about it. Are really making a huge comeback, and now there's rumors Square Enix could maybe. But about Parasite Eve there? Yeah, I mean, I would yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. I, what about you? <laughs> I would too. I would love it, especially if we could get a collection of one and two on modern consoles as well. Don't know if they would do that. I mean, they're they're very interested in remaking and remastering things, so why my, not? My fear is uh, if they if they like remade Res- Parasite Eve one is they would turn it into much more of an action game. Probably. And, and I, I like, say. I think the, one of the charms of the first game is it's not an action game. It is like a weird hybrid RPG game. Cause yeah. even like, re- even Parasite Eve 2, I, yeah, I keep saying Resident Evil for some reason, but even Parasite Eve 2, they basically did turn it into like Resident Evil. Like it's, you know, hold R2 to bring up your weapon and use that to attack. And it's all like, Real time, not turn based, so it felt a little funky. <laughs> yeah, I but mean, really, it'd be cool if we did get it. Sure. Yeah. Just, just think about how good the shower scene is going to look with the with the new engine. No, oh, you would bring that up. <laughs> no, they bring it up because they fucking highlighted with every one of those goddamn games. <laughs> would they leave it in? No, that's the thing with. With the way games are now, with the way the culture is now, would they leave it in? 
They, they be, just uh, double down and have like four shower scenes instead. Yeah, um, I, I, I really like Parasite Eve one. I Parasite Eve two is fine, you know, and the third birthday is terrible. It's like one of the yeah, worst games. I think we can all agree on that. Uh, so a few things here uh, we can kind of go over quickly. Uh, the PS5 Edge DualSense Edge controller is going to come out for a whopping two hundred dollars. Uh, launch yeah. in January 26, 2023. This is not something that I care about at all. Um, but it is I, coming, so I, I might care about it if it can fix like like stick drift issues. <laughs> I don't think it will, though. I, so think, I think it will because you can swap out the stick, it'd be fine. I uh, you think so? Oh, I mean, I guess, yeah, you can just replace the stick if it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I just had a uh, my PS4 controller go funky on me. Or like the one I use for my like Wint computer, you know. Right. I was playing that. This was like last week actually, but I was playing that Astro got Astro Igos game, and it's like left, right, and down were all fine. But if I would like press up, my character wouldn't run. She just kind of like slowly walk, and I'm like, this is fucked up. <laughs> and I like went to like the keyboard, like the gamepad settings, and I was like, no, this is. Something's wrong with this controller. Like the drift is not, or the control, like the analog stick is not hitting the top of the graph anymore. <laughs> right. I, mean, I do think the, it's cool that you can like, apparently adjust the haptic feedback and all that. Like that's yeah. pretty neat. But yeah, two hundred dollars is a lot for a controller. But it's uh, it's kind of a drop in the bucket compared to like the super high end, you know, custom game pads that you know idiots who play Call of Duty like to buy. So no, that's true too. And guess, guess who's going to be buying this crap? <laughs> yeah, those folks, uh, the competitive uh, people are going to be buying that for sure. Uh, I, like I said, I still think $200 is a lot for a controller. But um, the Elite also, when that came out, was kind of pricey, and they lowered the price pretty quick. So I, I think Sony might do the same if this doesn't sell really well out of the gate. Yeah. So. Uh, we also have that apparently there is no Cyberpunk Edge Runner Season 2. Um, it was apparently planned as a one time, uh, regardless of they probably were not planning for this to be some huge success. This was just going to be a thing that they did. Uh, Satoru Hama actually said that there were no plans to continue the story. And this was plans of standalone work, so there there was never a season two being done in the background or anything like that. Now, obviously, having the great critical reception that it has had, especially here in the West, would they perhaps change their mind eventually? I don't know. Maybe if CD Projekt Red came up to them and, or sorry, that would be CD Projekt came up to them with a boatload of cash and said, could you please uh, make a second season? I don't know. But right now, that's not the idea. Like I, like I said, I really loved, uh, I love that series. I think it's really good. Um, one of the best animes I've seen in a while. Um, so I mean, I also don't watch a ton, ton of anime anymore. But f- from having gone for like, I f- kind of just watch One Piece here and there and some other things. That just blew me away after I finished watching it. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's well worth the. Spending that time in there for that. Uh, anything else you really want to? Let's see. I guess the one thing I'll 
briefly is Will Wright is making a blockchain game, and my only comment is like how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> yeah, well, everybody's got to go for that quick buck, you know. Yeah. So it doesn't necessarily surprise me that he's going well, for it, but the only thing that's surprising is like where's Peter Molyneux? Like, I'm surprised he's not like all over this, or maybe he probably already has like four other blockchain and a few games in development. So that's why. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, it sucks to see that. And hadn't he retired or whatever? Uh, I mean, he got once Spore came out and bombed, he kind of left quietly and then he but he's been pretty inactive for like 10 years and he came back for this and it's like yeah he should have stayed away i think he's like doing like rocket shit or like you know kind of building rocket to the moon with richard garriott probably yeah he was expecting spore to be like the next big thing like the next sims for him and when it didn't he was kind of like all right well i'm i think i'm done now yeah yeah uh, what did you see that they? I guess EA announced the next Sims successor. Or? Yeah, Sims Five and Sims Four went free to play, so that's cool. I still don't like that series, <laughs> like or playing yeah. it. I, right. I guess the idea is cool, but like actually playing it is just very awkward to me because the Sims have like a level of autonomy, which is cool. But like if you tell them to do something, they, they don't always do it, and it's like, why didn't this give me direct control? Or at this point, then. Which I guess the console versions might have more of, but they still have like some free will, so it just kind of ticks me off. All right, well, um, any anything you want to? I know Daniel's not here to kind of talk things with you here. I um, love the the season finale of House of Dragon. Finally got to caught up, get caught up with that, and then watch the season finale yesterday, or well, Sunday at this point. Uh, so. That was pretty great. I uh, wasn't a big fan of the ending on a cliffhanger, but I you can expect that it's going to end when they know that there's a season two in the works. Just sucks that we're not going to get anything until 2024. So that's a long time to wait. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Yams was pretty happy about it too. Uh, what he said, uh, I mean, this, this is the, actually the exact exchange we had basically, but uh, I, I said to him, he, cause he's also watching that rings of power show. Yeah. And I said like, which is better or is house of dragons better or worse than rings of power. And he said, house of dragons is way better, better in every way, except the music. So I said, so it's worse than right. <laughs> he laughed about that. <laughs> For him, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> cause he's a big music guy. Um, uh, the one thing I'll mention <clears throat> that I watched was the doctor who thing. Uh, yeah, they finally got rid of Jody, which I, I've always maintained she was not the major problem with that show, right? But they got rid of her, and they got rid of Chris Chibnall, who was the main problem. And it was like her, yeah, her farewell episode. It was like shockingly competent. It did have it was a tad too busy, uh, overall. And some characters, like if you don't, if you're not really following the show. Like the first five minutes, a character leaves, and you're like, "Okay, who the fuck is this guy?" Or you know, like, right, yeah, you know, okay, he's going, but okay, sure, I guess. Uh, but it was good. I was like pleasantly surprised. They actually had a whole bunch of old ass Doctor Who actors back, including like five doctors, or at least four of them. I heard that there was something like that in there. Uh, 
I will watch it. Yeah. That's and want to be surprised. For it, sure. Well, the one spo- it's a spoiler I guess technically, but you're not going to know who this character is anyway. They got like one of the first companions for that show back from back in the day or from Yeah, uh, like 1963. Oh, so, wow. Okay. Like, you know, when the show was on back then, he was like 25, 25 years old or maybe so now, oh, like okay. I mean, I did watch some of those, but yeah, you're right. I probably won't uh, remember who that is. Yeah, but now the character, or now the actor, like seventy or seventy-five. And I'm like, who the hell is this right. guy? Man, like looking him up, I'm like, okay, he's like the first companion or like the second one. So I'm like, All right, yeah, cool. like oh, okay, that's cool. They really went, they went super back there for that. Yeah. Uh so yeah, it was good. I was like, like I said, like pleasantly surprised. And there was a musical sequence in it that is so cringeworthy that it's actually kind of great. Yeesh. Yeah. But it's it, it sets up an interesting, like, next season of, or next episode of Doc, Doctor Who, which is November 2023. And it's like, holy hell, that is wow. far off. <laughs> Wait, so they're not going to do any episode of Doctor Who until November of yeah. Latin next year? Right. Wow. Yeah. Well, gives me a lot of time to catch up, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's not like, I mean, it's not like the show has been like super prolific the past few years. You know, like yeah. the last season twelve was like the last f- full season, and that was like twenty twenty. Like I did like yeah. I mean, the pandemic kind of yeah, but that's kind of over or not. I mean, yeah, not over, but you know, more or less done, it controlled, if you want to call it that. Yeah, but yeah, there was like four, three episodes this year, and that was it. <laughs> or yeah, maybe four with this one. I'll be, I, I will eventually get caught up on that at some point. Uh, and if there's no Game of Thrones for a while, that might be the, I've been wanting to, I've been wanting to because I know, uh, Nia likes sci fi stuff. So I might be able to get her to watch like the whole return series with me. And then we'll just get into watching you should, those. You should, well, you should watch, you should try to introduce her to the female doctor to see what her opinion is. And then. Yeah. I mean, if you watch those like thirty or forty episodes, then you can introduce to like Matt Smith or David Tennant and go. Now, now we get to the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like when we'll Jordy, when uh, you know, Sunday, like you know, I saw a bunch of like reports about oh, the top five five episodes of Jodie Whittaker's run, and I'm thinking, or and I'm like, there there haven't been five episodes, five good episodes of her run put together. <laughs> like, gosh, that's a bad precedent there. Yeah. So, it's like, all right, I guess. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, um I guess go ahead and discuss the games that are coming up. So, were you like reading off something when I I saw you posting about New Tales of the Borderlands or Yeah, the Destructoid review okay. was uh pretty positive. Okay. Hinting, I'm guessing hints of sarcasm. There. Yeah, they gave it a yeah, three out of ten. <laughs> I I saw some people actually gave it good reviews, so I don't. It seems very I saw mixed. like some seven and eights, but that's still like not as good as the first one. Yeah, and the the common problem is just the, like a lot of problems. I was just like the writing, and it's like y- y- yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it all from what I gather, like this is like all releasing at the same time, like it's a five five episode story like all the same you know but it's like 
I don't think that quite works the way they want it to. Because I think one of the appeals of the Telltale stuff was it was, you know, monthly or on a, hopefully on a good schedule. Yeah, uh, hopefully. So that being said, we do have some major games coming out, including one Call of Duty Modern Warfare that will be out by the time that we have this podcast. Also, so yeah, Bayonetta 3 is also coming the same day. Uh, so if for some reason you want both those games, get ready to shell out the money. I I may have to go back and not and just wait on Bayonetta because I forgot that we got God of War and Pokemon coming out within like a week and a half of each other. Uh, Star Ocean and Vine Force comes out as well the day before on the 27th. So if you want another one of those... RP, Square Enix RPGs that they've kind of put out with little fanfare, then uh, go for it. Signalis also comes out that's coming to Game Pass. And yeah, uh, that Resident Evil DLC also coming out as well, and uh, along with Resident Evil Village on Switch. Speak, speaking of Switch games, real quick, did you see Alan Wake? Or not? Yeah, it's on Switch. Yeah, Alan Wake is on Switch, and it plays terribly apparently and they even had to lower the price because it plays terribly yeah it looked it looked <laughs> like it got hit with the ugly stick yeah and it's like what's going on here because you know that near automata port plays great or you know i have a friend yeah. right now he really likes it i am they did control cloud like why wouldn't you just do the cloud version if it's not going to run very well yeah and also it's like okay if like the current alan wake remastered can't run well on the switch that's fine you know but right. Alan, basic Alan Wake should be able to run that thing. Yeah, with that's a problem. 360 game. Like that's yeah. Like wow. I mean, what is wrong there? Uh, some, I don't know if they're doing it themselves at Remedy or somebody else, but whoever that was, just that was awful. Right. Uh, that Gunfire Reborn game also comes out in a couple of days as the first person. RPG roguelike shooter that's going to be on Game Pass. And if you want to play that Resident Evil Reverse thing, it's also out uh, on the 28th as well. So I don't, from what I've seen of that, I want no part of that at all. So um, I guess if you do, go for it. But that is nothing that I want to touch. Just like um, Gotham Knights. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dormon Story of Seasons comes out on the second. So if you've been wanting one of those, uh, that's coming out pretty soon as well. So and then the first two Mario parties are coming to the Switch Online thing. So if it, you know, th- those are still pretty damn good games, to be honest. I remember having a lot of fun with my friends on those uh, first couple Mario Party games. So if you never yeah. got to play them or you want to play them again, you are you are also. Know. 13 and you had local friends to play him with well that too that too i had uh lots of friends to play those with you had i had the four controllers we could all play i remember having a lot of fun with that so yes but yeah that's what's gonna be out by the time we do the show uh next week plenty of good stuff there Maybe I'll decide to buy Bayonetta at the last minute. I'm not sure. But again, God of War, Ragnarok's not far away. And again, Pokemon's not that far away. So I got to make that, make those choices there. But right. un- until next week, 
everyone. We will see y'all later. Later.